0: Welcome to Foreman of Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman.
1: And Chef Cindy Wolf.
0: And Cindy, life isn't always perfect, right?
1: <laughs> I love it when you start like that. <laughs>
0: Cindy, yeah, Cindy, you're in big trouble. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm
1: like oh god, what's coming now?
0: Yeah. Um, exactly. No, but
1: life is definitely not always perfect.
0: So this is this is the program that's, that's about uplifting. How food makes you feel good because <laughs> you need it. Yeah, I yes. You need it. You
1: do. I agree. It does make you feel good. You know,
0: yep. cold day that very simple, very simple formula. Cold day, hot soup. Mm-hmm. Ding ding ding. Mm-hmm. Right? right. That works out.
1: Happy childhood memories.
0: You know, a hot day, cold drink, cold lemonade happy, right? Yeah. So let's we're going to spend a little bit of time exploring how that stuff works and and maybe relay a little bit of what our particular you know the, the those things that reinforce us, the things that restore us that we eat that we make for other people, the things that you instinctively want to make for other people when maybe they're not feeling good or Right. So how about you? When when you were sick when you were a kid, what did your mom make?
1: Oh my gosh, it was always chicken noodle soup, which I mean we all – we still ask mom to make us chicken noodle soup. Uh, but, you know, she – and also when I was a kid, Jell-O was a big well, thing. But she did the real thing, right? Oh, she definitely did. But Jell-O was sort of – I never cared for Jell-O. I, I never really – but that was definitely something she would make as well. I guess it was supposed to be cold, and I don't know. I don't know if she thought it was good for you. But, um, but yeah, definitely things like like soups. She always She made the best soup, so that's what we would have. And then I have to say that that was the only time I was allowed to drink Hawaiian punch was when i was sick oh yeah we my mom was very careful about sugar and um you know everything was really very healthy basically so i mean not to say In we didn't Hawaii, have fat Hawaii, and things like hawaiian that Hawaiian
0: punch but, was mainlining sugar so mm-hmm,
1: hawaiian punch and then also i was allowed to have ginger ale when i was sick so i i, I that's actually <laughs> two things i vividly remember and um i think the hawaiian punch even now when i if i i mean not now but you know 20 years ago, 30 years you, ago, when I would see Hawaiian Punch in the store, I would immediately think back to when I was a kid. It just is a great memory.
0: Do you have any Hawaiian Punch in your pantry somewhere? No, okay. no,
1: no, Do just, you? No. Uh-huh. So what are your,
0: well. And God, I hated that stuff, although the ads were terrific.
1: Yeah, I always liked that little guy, yeah. whatever what he was. Was it was. I don't you know, know what he was. Well, I was
0: going to want to say Rocky or something was his name, but...
1: Oh, that's funny. Maybe you're right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. The little
0: funny red hat on.
1: <laughs> he was cute.
0: Like he was selling sugar. I'm trying to, to think what else... To a country full of sugar lovers.
1: I don't think she really... I think it was always soup, you know. I don't really remember. Or, you know, boiled chicken. You know, braised chicken, basically. Um, I don't think she made pot pie when we were sick. there was probably a little involved, but um, yeah. How about you?
0: For me, my... You know, my mom was not that person.
1: Mhm.
0: My grandmother was not a particularly good cook. My great grandmother was an excellent cook, and she did two things typically when you didn't feel so good. One was to give you some kind of clear broth, any kind of clear broth, and maybe there were some carrots or something in there, and that's mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. but and it could be it it could be a fish broth, it could be a chicken broth. Ew.
1: <laughs> What's it you? Did you really want fish broth when you were sick when you were a kid? It was good. Wow. That's okay. That's open minded. It was that's good. good. Well, well, good for you. I, I don't know. Fish broth doesn't sound good to me right now if I was sick. So, okay.
0: If she bought fish, she'd make fish broth.
1: Oh, that, that's great.
0: Okay. There are people that live near the water in this world <laughs> that utilize. Oh, my
1: God. Okay. So, what <clears throat> else would she make?
0: Uh, she make those things. She'd make you little, um, like cheese toast, a little bit like what Welsh rabbit. Oh yeah. Sort of thing, huh. but like it's like instead of a that's one funny. that you dip into, you know, literally like the little toasts. Yeah, my mom made those very, on Sundays with, with bacon sharp. on them.
1: We would have a big meal in the daytime, and then sometimes she would make cheese toast and a salad for dinner. Yeah, yeah Like supper. That's being fun. Being one of those people. Gosh, I haven't thought about that in a long time.
0: Yeah, that that was definitely one of those things that.
1: So was it on a roll? Is that what you mean? No, oh, ours, were, no, she would on, use a roll.
0: You, you, she would make toast. It was on the whitest of bread.
1: <laughs> that's awesome.
0: <laughs> it could be fancy. fancy. It could be Pepperidge farm bread.
1: Oh, my God. Did you have pepper, uh, apple butter when you were a kid? Yeah. Ah, oh, that's another thing. I think we would get apple butter and white and, and wonder bread. That's, that's true. That was also a, an accompaniment to sauerkraut. Whenever we had sauerkraut, we would always have apple butter and white bread on the side. Very Pennsylvania Dutch. That sounds It's. I know,
0: it's very particular. but it's just the
1: way, it's the way yeah, it's, apple butter's big there. So. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Maybe it's sort of like um, George Washington Carver and figuring out what to do with peanuts because hmm. they had bountiful peanut crops back in the day. And mm-hmm. They came up with so many products.
1: Well, and I know there are a lot of apple orchards right around where my mom grew up and my dad. There were a lot of or- orchards between the two valleys there. Between Hellam and Yorkana,
0: all central Pennsylvania. That's for, sure. yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. I think the thing, but now I mean, as, as okay, you're a grown-up. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's debatable. <laughs>
0: yes. What is it that like you have that day and you're defeated?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and everyone has
0: them. Sure. So what do you eat? Well, you've I, gone too much of the day. You haven't eaten enough or you didn't eat or you had something and it just tasted terrible because your day right. was kind of rotten. Right. So what I, do you
1: eat? I, I I will say that I often crave angel hair pasta with great tomato sauce. It, it is just one of those things. Um, I also always crave a really good salad. And I love romaine. I, I know it's not exactly fancy you lettuce. Wanna,
0: you want to comfort yourself via salad?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I love. Okay, so we make this salad <laughs> for employee meal. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know, it's how not sho- braised beef sho- short How ribs. shockingly
0: counterintuitive.
1: Yeah, I know. I, we make this <laughs> salad at, at, for employee meal that's mayonnaise. Tabasco, Reggiano cheese, and romaine, and salt and pepper. Okay, it's it's just this goofy thing that we make, and it is so good. It's it's you know it's basically Caesar salad, but just sort of different, and no garlic. And um, so, but I think for 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 things that I really crave. You know, it is it is something braised. I love slow-cooked dishes. So if I really, um, you know, but if I have the time, you know, when you say something, home. well, that's it. When you said that, that's why I didn't say something that's like, what I mean. it's like braised beef, short ribs, and potato puree. Because that's what I wish someone was making for me when I was having a bad day. I sure as heck am gonna, I'm not going to make that for myself on a bad day. So I will go home, knock out in all of about five minutes, angel hair pasta with great tomato sauce, you know, because I've got tomato sauce hanging around preserved and you know it's there so why not use it and i love you know good bread with good butter and a good piece of cheese and those are things that i appreciate and i know you, it Megan, doesn't sound like you're typical because <laughs> you're always talking about these preserves you have we a, preserve a lot at your of stuff. house like you're suddenly the anyway yes so uh, i just had we to throw in a lot that i actually have some too that's good yeah as the garden grows there will be more preserves that's great oh, that's that's a good thing but how about you
0: I'm a sandwich guy, you know. <laughs> I actually know sand... I know that about you. I'm a sandwich guy. That just means. You're
1: also a tuna. I know what you like. You like tuna salad.
0: It's only on Saturday.
1: Oh. <laughs> okay. So what, what's it now?
0: What if I can make a really magnificent sandwich out of leftovers, kind of whatever is in there, maybe there's some baba ganoush, and maybe there's uh, half a chicken breast that I can slice really thin. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's uh, uh, slices of mozzarella for my kid, mm-hmm. you know, that I can melt on that or something. And there's some kind of, like, a hot pepper relish. Like, I want the comfort of, I'll cook up a couple pieces of bacon just to go with that, you know. But that's, and is there something crunchier? Maybe a little bit of baby kale. Like, it becomes an elaborate, silly thing. But my mind, instead of on all the stuff that has really irritated the bejesus out of me in the course of a hard many hours, I get to very quietly in my kitchen <laughs> make one really fantastic sandwich.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Might be very simple. Usually kind of like the worse the day, the better the sandwich.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, on whatever bread's around. Maybe toast that guy. Maybe pop it in the oven for a minute. Slice it in half. Just get like half a glass of wine, just a little bit of. like well, the the, the comfort the comfort gets better with the addition oh, of yes, the half a does. glass of wine. <laughs> it's like you don't want you don't want to have too much because it's not you don't want <laughs> to like. Eases the pain. I'm not drowning my sorrows. No, no, I just want something not. to help me digest my food, sure. just like as any other time.
1: Sure.
0: But that for me, that you know that that sandwich that's kind of a, that's kind of an exercising of the bad feelings. <laughs> By the time the sandwich is done. I, I've eaten my feelings mm-hmm. as they like to say.
1: <laughs> and for me it's a cup of tea. I just love tea, you know. And, and I don't I'm, you know, that's that's very comforting I think as well. But any sort of hot beverage or at the end of the night if I'm just like I just need something when I come home, I make hot chocolate from amazingly good chocolate cream and and a little bit of sugar and just you know enough for an espresso cup and if there's some left over I put it in a in a little uh uh, bowl and put it in the refrigerator, and it becomes proto crumb for the next day. Yeah,
0: I totally forgotten about hot chocolate. I as love a hot kid, chocolate. As a kid, that was.
1: I think that's an ultimate, especially like a, at the I end of the night. I feel loved. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, when I was a yeah. kid, I would when I, I skied growing up. When I was a little bit older, we lived in Northern Indiana, so we would ski in Southern Michigan, and I often went every day. I went every day, pretty much after school, and um, when I would come home, my mom always had. Toast and hot, cho- buttered toast and hot chocolate for me. Now she made it with cocoa powder, but, um, and milk. And of course now I make it with great chocolate and cream and sugar, but that's, that's the difference. But I will never forget those moments with her sitting there. She, you know, she, my mother was the best, is the best mother. I mean, she's, she's a kind of person that's a great listener and really truly obviously cares about her children and, um, just it was always such a comfort. That was a comforting time for me, and I definitely associate hot chocolate with uh, and the toast because we would. I, I don't know if that's a family thing for her or where that comes from, but we would dunk the toast, the buttered toast, in the hot chocolate. Have, have you ever heard of that? Is that unusual? I don't know.
0: I'm sure that that's totally. It's probably normal.
1: Pennsylvania Dutch or something. Yeah, <laughs> Everything's Pennsylvania. Did you guys Dutch. dip pretzels in there
0: too?
1: <laughs> no. no, no, we ate pretzels with um, cheddar cheese this is really mm. informative.
0: Oh, it's it what well, I just anyway. <laughs> the 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 point was I think food does a lot to restore people. Food, I mean, it takes you through some of the the hardest things in life, too.
1: Well, and if you think about a funeral, my goodness, especially and and I'm sure it's everywhere, mm-hmm. but I, I know that even in the south, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of food brought to a funeral. And obviously, that is to to make people feel better. And um, you know, it just for From the happiest moment to the not happiest moment, uh, it really does, as you say, restore us.
0: Yeah. People are sitting in Shiva, you better bring something good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, be Mm -hmm. careful not to duplicate what everyone else has brought. (laughs) Well, now that we've made everybody depressed. Right, right. Mm -hmm. What what do you do at the end of a bad day and what do you do? You know, you're cooking for funeral. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. not as fun as for someone's birthday. So what do you wish someone would make you on your birthday? What's that thing that's going to make you feel comforted, going to make you feel warm and fuzzy on your your birthday? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. No, well, I think, you know, obviously you always think about the pastry, but prior to that, I think, you know, celebrating the, so what's season, your favorite birthday the season of your life. Oh, okay, well, now here we go again and come back to Pennsylvania Dutch cooking. I love a whoopie pie.
0: and That's awesome. My
1: my cake that my mother, I always requested was, my mom would make a gigantic whoopie pie mm-hmm. cake.
0: Did you make it with the Crisco?
1: Oh, yeah. Of course. And it would have, I think she made it with five layers of cake. So it was gigantic and tons of the cream in between the layers. And I,
0: I do not know. Oh, that was we're, good. We're going to have to back you up on the whoopie pie here a little bit. <laughs> Please describe for listeners how you make a whoopie pie and what it appears to be.
1: It, well, it should be a really good chocolate cake recipe. And a lot of, you know, everybody has sort of their, their, but it's a drop cake. So but when what, you go to make hang individual. On, hang on.
0: What is the visual? What does it look like?
1: It's layers of chocolate cake with cream, tons of cream in between.
0: It looks like a giant Oreo spaceship oh, well, made of chocolate it lo- cake with a filling inside, <laughs> that's right? That's what
1: it looks like to you. Okay, yes. <laughs> sure, sure. Does it not? Yeah. I mean, yes, the filling is made with Crisco and sugar, and I'm not exactly sure what else. But, yeah, it's it's not exactly the healthiest thing in the world, but it is Probably one of the more satisfying desserts you will ever. I have love whoopie pies. Oh, me too. And my mom and all my aunts were really good at making. And my grandma were very good at making it. I just, so my, I can't
0: say it without smiling. Literally,
1: so. my my aunt. Well, even when I was in culinary school, when she knew it, she was living in um, outside of Greenwich, Connecticut. When I was up at the CIA, and you know, I was what nineteen? Well, excuse me, I was in my mid twenties, early twenties when I went to school, and. I would go. I would tell her I was coming up, and she would have whoopie pies made for me. They would be in the freezer, little individual whoopie pies. Oh. That's awesome. So yeah,
0: yeah. Next time you have a big birthday, I'm gonna to have to make sure that I get a the whoopie pastry pie chef cake. makes. A, <laughs> I'm sure that our South <laughs> African pastry chef will make you oh the most elaborate whoopie pie <laughs> that you've ever had. Oh. He'll probably do. He'll probably do a seven level.
1: I had never. You know, I had never had a red velvet cake and or cupcake until. We opened one of the places, and um, oh my gosh! I have to admit that I actually really do like red velvet cupcakes with the cream cheese or sour cream. I guess sour Michael cream. is
0: so talented; he could probably do make one like the best one and, in the or, whole and world and make it actually look like the spaceship.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what, what's, what was your birthday
0: birthday cake? When I was a kid, was always German chocolate cake. Mm, okay, Not, Yummy. I love coconut. I, I mean, that's everything. Everything about that is something I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started when I started working there was a lady from South Carolina who uh, Lulabelle who worked with me and hmm. she liked me for God only knows what reason and Lulabelle would make me for my birthday because I worked my birthdays mm-hmm. she would make me sweet potato pie
1: oh my goodness yes
0: with the toasted coconut yummy and then, of course, she'd make me do whip the cream myself. This <laughs> is no, this is no That's mixer. <laughs> I, I take pride in the fact that I can still whip cream, you know, by hand in like four minutes. Sure, good. The uh, I had to try to do it last week. It's harder than it used to be.
1: <laughs> sweet potato pie sounds really good. I, I could eat that right now. Just great. Mm, yummy.
0: You got to nail the crust, yeah. and it's got to be sweet, not too sweet. Little Bells is pretty sweet. I definitely didn't care. Wow,
1: I love the name.
0: And. um, uh, a little bit of rum in there. She's like, That's my that's my secret, baby.
1: Yeah. I like that. It's a good secret. So, Very good. Happy anyway. memories. Birthdays.
0: Well, when we come back on Formula Wolf on Food and Wine, we'll we'll move past some of the the easy comfort stuff and get into uh, some of the things that that move us, that help restore people that are that are beveraged that are outside of our culture. All of that and more on Formula Wolf on Food and Wine. <laughs> Welcome back to Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman and chef Cindy Wolf. And Cindy, I I did hear them during break from our crack research team. (laughs) All of them whacking away on their computers, and it was Luke, surprisingly, who was also our producer and engineer, that came up with the facts. The, import, and the fact is
1: the important fact.
0: that the Hawaiian Punch mascot
1: was punchy. Was
0: punchy, yeah.
1: <laughs> so now we know.
0: So not Woo! Rocky. That's a my, my memory twisted that up badly. <laughs> anyway, so we're, we're talking about the theme is how do you communicate affection? How do you comfort yourself? How do you comfort others with food?
1: Mm-hmm. In good times and bad.
0: Yeah. We talked about a little of our own sort of reminiscences about that kind of thing growing up. Mm-hmm. And what in the world we do now. But, so what do you do for someone? You know, what do you do to say, you're great?
1: Mm. I, I think also, well, what you have to think about is, you know, let's say there's something, there's some milestone, you know, that yeah. they just bought a house. Uh, and you want to do something because you're so excited for them. And, of course, it's such a big moment in any place. house
0: Housewarming is a great reason. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: And, and you they know,
0: probably have no food.
1: Right, exactly. And everything's in a box. <laughs> and they yeah, exactly, and they're working, you know, like crazy to get their life set up. So it's such a stressful time, and I think to take them something one that they can either pop into and I can't believe I'm about to say these words, a microwave. Uh, I oh, would never do ladies that. Ladies and gentlemen, Cindy I would Wolf at her that, microwave. But I know that I know that that is reality and um, or put into an oven or you know pop onto the stove or it's cold and they don't have to do a thing to it is probably the best but it also depends on the time of the year and if it's summertime you can get away with something cold but also put it in something that they don't have to return to you. I think that's one of the biggest and, and sort of most thoughtful things you can do when you're you're doing something for someone is that, you know, hey, just keep the dish or the, here's your new gift. Your housewarming gift is not only, you know, I brought you some food, but I brought you the super cool bowl that I just bought and that's part of your housewarming gift. So that's, you know, it kind of it just makes it easier for people.
0: Yeah, the bowl th- the bowl thing is smart. The we recently had a second baby, a little girl, and I have a stack of people who are really sweet and drop food by, and I have all these various Tupperware containers and whatnot I have to return to people that i boy i'm trying to sort them out correctly sure
1: of course well that's it i mean i I think the, the, you know it 's a little bit like and this is slightly off topic topic, but the same idea i've i've We have some very thoughtful friends, and um when I was having a party one time sent flowers ahead of time. And that's, I've had, you know, we've we've had manager parties at, when, when at our house years ago. And, you know, it is, it is again, a wonderful thing when someone brings you gifts. I mean, of course, how thoughtful, wonderful. Uh, but if you're all of a sudden confronted with, you know, 75 guests and you now have six flower arrangements in front of you that you need to get in water. So, I mean, the idea of sending flowers the day ahead so that the hosts can, you know, put them somewhere nice and not, you know, and do it in a, at a time when they have the time to think about it. It's the same thing with food. So just be a little, you know, just be thoughtful about how can I make this easy. And as far as specific ideas with food for a celebratory situation, like somebody buying a house, you know, I mean, again, it's seasonal. So maybe it's something like, uh, a beautiful, uh, flan it's called a flan cake but it's actually a, a cake that has a sort of a uh, opening in the center or a lower level if you will in the center you can fill it with fresh fruit put a little whipped cream on there and they can just slide it right in the refrigerator and honestly that's something that just gets that sort of cake is absorbing and it just gets better and better the longer it sits in the refrigerator you know for sort of, meaning, sort of like cheesecake, meaning cake. into a second day right That sounds um, like
0: a cake with a mezzanine.
1: Yeah, it's awesome, and or you can do a cake cake, uh, which will absorb all those juices from the fruit, and the whipped cream just gets But It's like almost like a trifle a in a cake. way. Well, you set up cheese like 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 a cheesecake or yeah. a flan, um, but it's actually called a flan, but it's actually really a cake.
0: I just like that you called it a cake cake.
1: <laughs> but with savory food, um, you know, a soup that they can just heat up. Uh, Maybe it's black bean soup. You give them the garnish in little containers, a little bit of uh, finely chopped red onion, a little bit of cilantro, a little bit of creme fraiche in another little container, and they can just garnish it quickly, heat it up, and there you go. I mean, you know, how many times do you think people have, like, send out for to-go, you know, like pizza or something, which, of course, there's nothing wrong with, but, you know, maybe they want something also a little... Uh, healthier, or maybe they have specific dietary issues, or they're vegetarian. You know, they're vegetarian, so you want to send them again a big salad or a whole bunch of wonderful roasted vegetables that all they do is put on, you know, on the sheep pan you gave them as their gift and into the oven, and a bottle of wine. So, what are you going to send them?
0: Cookies. <laughs> I love cookies. You know, I'm a sandwich guy, and I love cookies. And if I've spent the whole day moving stuff. I'm not going to feel guilty if I eat four cookies. Right. No, so definitely not. <laughs> you know, so that's really good cookies of some sort. Mhm. Okay. Not some, you know, looking cute, not that satisfying cookie. You know, like really great. Like a
1: gigantic s- chocolate chip cookie yeah. or something.
0: Good chocolate chip cookies or or oatmeal raisin cookies or peanut butter cookies always high mm-hmm. in my ratings. The uh, or some of the like the Italian cookies, like the little Sicilian thumbprint oh, cookies. I love those. And and they're little, so you can eat like forty of them. <laughs> or the or amaretti which oh, are I really incredible. Love those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh my goodness. The thing about amaretti is that you can just you know they they have multiple lives. Mm-hmm. If you make forty of them and drop them off, if they use ten, they can cr- they can use the crumbles and, and keep them mm-hmm. and use them for put them on a little ice cream or. Mm. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. that's a
1: good gift you can yeah. make ice cream and bring it to them and they can just pop it in their freezer and eat it when they're ready my mom used to make sour cream drops people call them sugar cookies and they're like little cakes and that is was always one of my favorite cookies talk about comfort food that was one of my favorite cookies that she made because she would make the um, cookie uh, dough put it in the refrigerator because it had to chill and then when we finished dinner uh, she would just pop them onto the cookie sheet, so you—it's a drop cookie. So you drop it, and when it and they baked, you know, I think it took eight minutes for them to bake. So while you're, you know, cleaning up the table and and getting the dishes maybe started and having coffee or tea getting ready, you can drop these, put them in the oven, they're baked, put a little sugar on, and oh my gosh, warm cookies at dessert time. Uh, that's not so bad, and that would be a fun thing to take to somebody. Now that requires them to do some work, but. It's awfully nice that all they have to do is bake them and serve them, and it is fun to have something warm coming out of the oven, especially in the wintertime.
0: That sounds pretty darn good. The I um, was thinking about what is the what are the times that you end up seeing your neighbors? What are the times that you know you need comfort? Mm. Snow. I mean, I know it's summertime, and that's
1: a fun time. But snow. I have great memories of snowstorms and when people coming over.
0: Yeah, when they're heavy, when they're heavy snows. I mean, mm-hmm. that, from what happened a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, that's our great close friends who live right next door and um, Richard's a great amateur Japanese chef and we went over and he had done a lot of comfort food and one of those things, a braised beef dish, and I took a couple of bottles of uh, really, really good burgundy out of the cellar.
1: I'm sure that was wonderful. And we
0: we explored marrying a number (laughs) of those wines (laughs) with his braised beef. Oh, my God. And watched the snow. It was pretty great.
1: snowstorm is one of my favorite things in this world. uh, You're forced to to stop. Stop and just be together with people that you care about and, and... and enjoy the table.
0: I hope you don't just have hot dogs in the fridge, that's the only.
1: Oh, that would be sad. Well, I think most people prepare for snowstorms if we have the warning. If, if there's any if evidence If there's any sign by the grocery if there's, store line. I the don't think people store, are eating yeah. hot dogs.
0: <laughs> yeah, though if if you have some preserves that that oh, helps you out a which Tony certainly
1: does. A lot. Want, what, so what preserves do you have right now, Tony? Speaking of comfort food because right preserves now. are comforting. There's
0: there's like, still, you know, we try to we try to budget the tomatoes. To get through until the next tomato season, so we have one big one one quart and one pint of um, two different kinds of tomato preserve that's nice and we still as so we're just we're just getting through on the fumes, <laughs> and we have uh one pint of black raspberry oh yummy that uh, we rarely get enough of that, but that's great uh, some blueberry with riesling um, there's some white nectarine. And we did white nectarines last year that Hmm. actually we let them caramelize a little bit.
1: Oh, that sounds good.
0: Um, So really more as pie filling or for like cookie filling. And uh, a a sandwich cookie made with those guys, like little amaretti sandwich cookies made with those, are are necessary sometime soon.
1: It's funny. When when I think about preserves, it always makes me think of the film Gosford Park when um, Abby Smith – is that her name? The, The great actress. She's in Downton Abbey. Well, the older lady Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith, I'm sorry. Um, pardon me, Maggie Smith, um, who I love and adore. Um she there's a scene where she's, you know, come to stay at the house and she's talking with one of the maids and she says, Well, I hope that I hope I you know, oh the preserves are always she gets her bed tray, basically, and for breakfast. And she says, Oh, they always have the best preserves here and she opens the little pot and it's Something that had to be purchased because they ran out of preserves, and she says, Oh, that's just mean. And all I can think of is, Oh my gosh, that's so crazy that, you know, that would be thought, <laughs> you know, how horrible it is that the preserves weren't made on property from, you know, their fruit or whatever. And it, it, but it does, I mean, it's, it's, it's a wonderful.
0: Well, you can, you can adjust. I mean, honestly, there's great comfort in that, in that for me, and I think for a lot of people, and uh, not just very old, fussy. <laughs> you know, millionaire dowagers, you know. You know, I was just thinking that that listeners might be fascinated to know what kind of a casserole Chef Sandy Wolf <laughs> would bring to a potluck or to ah, someone's move-in or to... I have a good you know, one, if you're, if you're dropping off for your friends that have a new baby or, oh, yeah. you know, that's... All right.
1: So here we go. My casserole turns into cassoulet. So that is my kind of casserole. And I love, love duck so, so I would make... Let
0: me stop you one second. So your casserole turns into cassoulet.
1: Which is just another word in French for casserole, are basically. You just, are you just it's making a dish. It's a dish, yeah.
0: Okay. So you're making <laughs> cassoulet. That's what you would bring. Yes. Okay. Okay. Which is which is a casserole dish. Mm-hmm. Just you have to be very French
1: mm-hmm.
0: to claim that. Good. How's it, how do you do it?
1: Oh, okay. So duck confit, uh, nice amount of garlic, a little bit of, I like to put Andouille sausage in mine. So apparently this is a southern cassoulet. Uh, good, good duck stock. And if you want to make it easier and you don't have availability with duck, you can do this with chicken. So it can go from uh, duck, onion, some good onion product. Um, I like to use cocoa beans, which is a really pretty little white uh, French bean. But you could also use tarbay beans, which are the traditional bean used to make cassoulet from the southwestern part of France. Or you could use some other kind of bean. I mean, there are no rules when you do something like this. Maybe you have black beans at home or you have... I wouldn't use something like lentils or peas. That's the only thing. You want to use a, a bean that's got some structure to it and isn't going to fall apart and disintegrate in the process. So um, I'm just going to stick with my little white cocoa beans, my duck confit, my nice big pieces of – And I, in this situation, uh, oftentimes with cassoulet, you leave the duck leg on the bone. I would pull the meat off and just make it easy to eat. So you have all that meat, nice amount of garlic, a little bit of bread crumb on top, good when, good when you, stock.
0: When you pull that duck meat off the bone, there is that one little bone that's uh, like a spear. You have to be really careful. It's easy to miss. Mm-hmm. And there's cartilage you know, alongside that that drumstick there, you know that Right, you really have to watch yeah, that you, one it 's very easy meat. to leave it in there,
1: yeah, anytime you're picking meat, you want to really make sure you 're feeling it well and eyeballing it to make sure you're you've got everything out of there and and when you do pick the meat, obviously there's no skin, there's no cartilage there's no fat there's you know everything is just clean meat and but you do want the pieces of meat to be in in the biggest pieces that can ah, be you, you don't want to the shred skin? the. Uh, no, no, skin? No, uh-uh. no, not in this case. And and then just make Let's layers of that with breadcrumb on top, a little bit of buttery uh, garlic, and um, and on top, and and make that. And all they have to do is you can either bring it warm and then just you know pop it in the oven when you get there, or or let them heat it up.
0: So methodology is you have your your big casserole or casserole container. What's the first step?
1: you put in the layers of, of everything. So you've cooked your beans and typically I would, I would cook my beans with garlic, onion, shallot, and the andouille sausage. And, um, so, and in chicken stock or duck stock, if you have it, and this, this just makes all the flavor and all, and gives you your broth. And then you can just layer in the beans, um, with the pieces of duck confit meat, or if you're going to use chicken, chicken leg confit meat. And, um, and then, and this is pretty dry. You want it to have only a little bit of moisture, uh, so that it can roast in the oven and eventually pretty much dry out, uh, and then breadcrumbs on top.
0: All that good stock that you cook the beans and you're, you're the whole time reducing that down,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. And, and you can reserve some of it on the side too so that as it bakes in the oven, if you feel like it's drying out a little bit too much, you can just literally just moisten the whole cassoulet with a little bit of the stock on the side.
0: Now usually, if, traditionally, you have additional garnishes like pork shoulder... Uh the the big uh garlicky sausages, the Toulousian mm-hmm. sausages. Sometimes Yeah, I did not just make a traditional cassoulet. This is just my little sort of
1: quick version of uh you know something well, yeah, you they, might want to take to someone's house. Or or if you know for an event or But it can be a variety of pack Snowstorm. of meats. Sure.
0: That's 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 sometimes that's that's kind of the point. So you have a little bit of leeway in that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're doing a little bit quicker beans and duck yeah, confit. It's just
1: sort of a simple. So I said it's not traditional casserole, but it's, it's a
0: nice casserole.
1: <clears throat> yeah, because I I can honestly say I've never made any of the tra- you know sort of traditional uh, casseroles. My mom certainly did when I was growing up, and we loved them. Um, but uh, I've never actually done anything like that at home. So I, that would be my version. And honestly, the other thing I would do is. And we've certainly talked about it plenty of times, but some sort of a gratin or a tian, uh, something, you know, again, if it's summertime, something with layers of thin layers of zucchini and reggiano and ripe tomatoes and extra virgin olive oil and fresh basil and salt and pepper. I mean, that's a beautiful, fresh, wonderful thing to do for a summertime gratin or tian.
0: That's pretty darn good to take to like a, a grill out or a barbecue or exactly. something like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, comfort vegetables without guilt.
1: Well, and also if they are grilling, then they're hopefully not really using their oven. So you're taking something that, again, it's thoughtful. And, you know, just ask the host, too, if, you're, if, you, if, if you can, if it's a happy situation. Just say, hey, can, do you have enough oven room? You know, can I bring something that we're going to need to pop into the oven? It might take up a rack.
0: Well, when we come back on Formidable phone Food and Wine, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit of comfort beverage because Lord knows... I mean, I at least take comfort in beverage. <laughs> and beverage. Uh, and a few more ideas about comfort food, and then we're going to get into a chef's challenge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. You can make it as exotic as you like, Cindy.
1: Okay. You got it, Tony.
0: All right. All of that and more on Wolf on Food & Wine on WIPR. Welcome back to Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman, and
1: Chef Cindy Wolf.
0: And, well, you know, one thing we're talking about foods that comfort us, the foods that express, you know, that you care. Muffins. I love muffins. Muffins are nice. <laughs> like basket of muffins. That well, is take someone a basket of muffins.
1: It's pretty comforting.
0: You know? Oh like, yeah, no. I, I made say. these whole grain walnut banana mm. make you Yummy. fat as a house muffins. Ooh! I hope that you like them. Please put some butter on them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I,
1: and biscuits and all kinds of good stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Biscuits, yeah, but muffins are like they're their own end game. You know, mm-hmm. biscuits you got to go do stuff with it.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and, and muffins have and sugar muffins, in, and muffins yeah. are easy. Mm-hmm. They are, yeah.
0: And you make batter. goes in the muffin tin. I mean, come on. Okay. You want to get decadent. It's quick. It's like throw chocolate chips in it. Oh, voila, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. So, so so what What are we drinking with our muffins?
0: Ooh, wine from muffins. <laughs> well, it depends I a little bit upon the muffin. <laughs> I mean, right now, strawberries are just finished this season. The cherries are coming in. right? That's
1: so exciting.
0: I, I love muffins with fruit. Of course. Maybe cherry muffins, right? mm mm-hmm. um,
1: Maybe a little brandy? For- <laughs> no. You,
0: you, you don't need a muffin at 11 o'clock at night when you would drink a brandy. Come on now. Okay. If you're drinking that brandy with a muffin early in the morning, you don't need to listen to this. You need to talk to somebody.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I was thinking sparkling wine, just like Prosecco. Oh, has got to be champagne. Yeah, just Prosecco, yes. you know, okay. something, something like that would be delightful. You you could also have a a very good German Riesling, a cabinet or Spätlese, something with a little sweetness, not too much, and the alcohol is lower. That's kind of a, you know, that 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 makes an easy treat.
1: And the alcohol level of Prosecco is lower than Champagne, relatively. Okay, right. yeah. lower than Champagne,
0: maybe a mm. tiny bit. Okay, half a point to a point. And, think, what, and what
1: other wines, point. you know, for these comfortable situations, a Castellet or wh- anything? Well, you Cassislay.
0: I mean, you you want something, you know big and rich and has structures. so because that's going to be sticky. You know, you want something to <laughs> clean it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of those wines from the southwest of France, like Maririn or Caor, they, they'll do it. Sometimes you can get them without spending a fortune on them. A uh, little more affordable options might be from uh, more commonly found areas of the south of France, like the Languedoc or the Côte de Roussillon. And the Languedoc, a little pet producer that makes great stuff. Uh, the main dopey yak. Mm-hmm. Um, that stuff is great, mostly Syrah. But uh, he's a he's a talented guy, and the wine's very fairly priced. I think retail those entry wines are under twenty dollars. And what else?
1: You know, if you if okay, celebrate. You know, hey, you just mm-hmm. bought a house, so you take whatever. someone a
0: bottle of champagne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You take someone an excellent bottle of something that they like. Mm-hmm. You know, that's.
1: Well, you you know, like we were talking about the food, it all comes down to being thoughtful, and you know the people, so you're going to know what they like. But it's nice to have a few ideas too.
0: Yeah, you would, you would hope so. I mean, that's it might be a bottle of whiskey.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe they're not champagne people. They like cocktails. Might
0: might be a case of beer.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Well, there's so many wonderful things to choose from.
0: Yeah, I mean that's there's there's plenty to play with. I would just go into, you know, wherever your favorite place is and have an idea of what the folks like and give them a treat. Say, hey, we're glad you're here. Sure. Or, hey, we're glad you're Well, that's the baby another thing. Up. Yeah, you may be or, hey. just
1: welcoming somebody to your neighborhood or you maybe you don't know them. So that's another, you know, well, it's always such a nice entrance when you, you are welcoming a neighbor to bring them food and maybe something to drink if you think it's appropriate. Are you ready for a chef's challenge?
0: I need a muffin first. Here you go. You want me to go first.
1: Yeah. So the situation is at the top of the page. Oh, by the way, I had someone ask me recently if, if we really do this, you know, where we don't know, and we really do. Well, yeah, we. Yeah, it's all secret. It's neither highly one of secretive. of us is that nice to each other. It's really. <laughs> it's highly secretive. <laughs> I cover my paper so, if I write it in front yeah, of him.
0: And also, we do get emails from listeners uh, from time to time. Foreman at wypr. dot org. If you want to correspond with us. We had a fantastic one this past week with lots of great details and insight into what we were saying and mm-hmm. and, uh, and and bits and pieces of, of things connected to that. And it's great when someone listens that closely. It's great when they care. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great when they want to engage. And, want and share
1: their own ideas. That's wonderful yeah. for us.
0: And one of the things that they did share is they thought I was kind of a condescending jerk about the beer can chicken. Hmm. And I tried to explain to them I was mostly just trying to be mean to you.
1: <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> oh, thank you, Tony.
0: I wasn't really trying to trying to, <laughs> to
1: denigrate the, to denig- the beer can Yeah, no, I think situation. I'm certain that's a fine method.
0: <laughs> I was just trying to make you flummoxed, and that's all. I'm trying to shake it's you up Tony's before.
1: 24-hour-a-day goal. Well, yeah. right, no, maybe just, 12-hour-a-day goal, I should say.
0: trying to try flummox you before you started your chef's challenge. <laughs>
1: that's your strategy. So
0: anyway, but we'd we love to hear from you. ForemanWolf at WIPR.org. And let's see. Picnic on the trail. Can I bring my mandolin? No. Uh, no. <laughs> what? That's good because sure. I can't play one. I was
1: going to say, I didn't know you knew how to play. You nope. can bring your drums on the trail. That's, yeah, it How about does your well. bikes, your family? Be like a revolutionary on you know, about kind the coolers, of your blanket, some games? Oh, stuff.
0: How about you just walk the trail? Eat some trail mix. All right. Picnic on the trail, lobster, lump <laughs> crab. This is only you shopping for a, a picnic on the trail, starting with lobster, lump crab. The first lump two crab. ingredients. I knew you would Lemon make a comment about that. You think? <laughs> uh, cilantro, basil, tarragon, mayo, extra virgin olive oil, tarragon vinegar, mustard, shallot, onion, garlic, bread, what kind of bread? I, I will tell choice.
1: you this time on this challenge, I've given you a lot of ingredients. You don't have to use them all. I just wanted to give you some things to you work You
0: know me. With. I don't actually well, I, use yes, them all sometimes I know that anyway. is
1: Yeah, and you don't follow the rules. But this time I'm actually allowing you to not follow the rules. Uh,
0: <laughs> you're very, very realistic. Uh, I should say kind. Uh, local lettuce. Strawberry, blueberry, raspberry, fingerling potato. There you go. That's a Let's heck see. of a list. That, that is a heck there. of a list. Yeah. Picnic on the trail. Well- It's a whole lot easier. You're not going to sit on a table. So you want something that's very easy to deal with. And I already said I'm a sandwich guy. So what I want to build is a fantastic sandwich. And you have the bread. And if it's, if I have my druthers, it's some kind of um, loaded with seeds and flax, you know, something with real texture to it, a whole grain bread. And. um,
1: That's why I didn't even bother to put what kind of bread it was on your list, because I knew you'd make up your own bread. So there you go. That's the, Tony's ideal bread.
0: Yep. The uh the lobster and the lump crab, I mean that's I just wanna make uh I wanna poach the lobster, let it cool, and make just slices of that and cover that bread with that. Um, lettuce on there, tarragon on there, um little slivers of shallots on there. Little what, slivers what? of little, little, shallots. Yeah, <laughs> what is that? Why not? I'm trying to think of what's <laughs> going to work on this sandwich. All right. You gave me a lot of fruit. I'm trying to eat something here. Well,
1: I didn't give you ingredients to make a sandwich. I mean, what are
0: you going to do uh, I don't on, know on why a trail? You're a
1: sandwich out of that on stuff. a
0: trail? What? <laughs> on a trail? I'm trying to think about the situation you gave me too.
1: <laughs> what is the situation? Okay. You're just having a I'm picnic. I'm on a trail. I it's just, a picnic. <laughs> it's not. It's the NCR trail. I put I, on I, there. Yeah, and I'm just. I don't. I mean, take
0: like knives and forks and. This is not a polo match. I'm not tailgating at a polo match. What's wrong with you? Oh, my God. You know, like the strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, you cut them up nicely and put them in a cup.
1: Oh, oh, potatoes. That, like, that's creative.
0: Could, yeah, No, it's not that creative. But you gave me a very particular situation. The fingerling potatoes, I want to poach them and I want to make it a vinaigrette. With the tar- tarragon vinegar and the mustard. And, I think I've thrown like a Tony German Foreman salad. with no. the
1: picnic on the NCR trail.
0: No, I just, I mean, like a sandwich, a little fruit, a, a potato salad on the side. I mean, that sounds like a pretty nice picnic along the trail. Okay. Eat the darn orange for a treat. <laughs> you give me nothing to bake anything. <laughs> it's not like I can take a muffin, which is easy to carry. You
1: sound like you're getting mad.
0: <laughs> it sounds like you've never been on a trail that's i didn't say you were lost in the, in the middle of the woods somewhere no you'd, okay, right, you'd, you'd say right. trail i mean it's come on oh, you really <laughs> polo match where you put out a spread is very different from like marching on a trail for x number of miles okay sorry but that's i take umbridge i say umbridge
1: oh my God. all right
0: all right Here's yours. Much more reasonable civilized list. The, oh. the situation is
1: do anything <laughs> gonna, you want. You're going to make up something is, now.
0: <laughs> do anything you want.
1: Okay. All right. All right. Do okay. anything you want. Do
0: anything oh, you I want. I like that. You can come up with a situation and then tell me what you're going to do with that stuff. Okay.
1: So trout. It's a pretty
0: good haul of stuff.
1: Trout, red skin, potatoes, fava beans, uh, smoked bacon, rye bread. He did that on purpose.
0: I love rye bread.
1: Uh, local leaf lettuce, chicken legs. I love chicken legs. Garbanzo beans. I love garbanzo beans. Frying potatoes, mustard seeds, fennel seeds, chives, creme fraiche. Okay. So the mustard seeds and the fennel seeds are going to get crushed in a mortar and pestle. And I'm going to uh, cook the garbanzo beans with those two.
0: Let me stop you one second. For what purpose are you cooking this food?
1: Oh, I don't know. I just am going right into the food. Is it for roadside? I'll tell you right now. I'm going to go on the NCR trail, and this is what I'm taking with me. All right, here we go. Okay, so the trout, uh, while I'm on the trail, not only am I going to cook it on the trail, but I'm going to catch it. (laughs) You don't even have to supply it. I'm going to catch some trout. Nice. There's probably no trout anywhere near the NCR trail. Um, But anyway, so I'm going to cook the trout over a campfire. We're
0: we're getting Luke. Luke Luke is a big fisherman. He's signaling that there are trout available to be caught. Are there? The gunpowder is what uh, the NCR trail follows, and that is a little bit trout.
1: Okay, so I truly am catching my own trout. All right, so I'm going to cook that over a campfire. I'm going to dust it with a little bit of cornmeal that you didn't give me and salt, and I'm going to cook the trout.
0: You're on the trail. You can't just leave cornmeal in your car. I have
1: cornmeal in my pocket. I'm a southern chef at heart. So the red skin potatoes, that's going to be great because um, those are actually going to be boiled in water with salt. And Oh, by the way, my garbanzo beans are cooking away, as I said, with the mortar and pestle crushed mustard seeds and fennel seeds. And that's all I'm going to use. To, oh, and I'm going to put the chicken legs in there with the garbanzo beans. So that will flavor. And I'm just going to put water in there because you didn't give me anything else. So there will be water in there with that. And oh, you going to get <throat> water out of the stream? No, I didn't say I was cooking. Uh, only the trout am I cooking along the trail. The rest of it I'm bringing with me prepared. You didn't say I had to do everything there. No, you I, I, It's my situation anyway. What are you talking about? It's, so it's,
0: it's a fluid situation. Oh,
1: and you gave me smoked bacon. So the bacon is also in there. And actually what I really want to do is it's slab bacon. I've decided that. And I'm going to um, cut it into kind of big pieces. So as the chicken legs and the garbanzo beans cook, um, the smoked bacon going to – I'm going to sear it. That's the first thing that's going to go in the pot. So that will sear and then I'll add all the other things. And those wonderful pieces of bacon are going to be – eaten because there's nothing better than a piece of smoked bacon slap and you know all that tenderness and all that fat and goodness and then the rye bread I'm going to make some I'm going to add the potatoes the potatoes to the pot this is just going to be a one pot dish that's what's going to happen and then you gave me the rye bread and you gave me chives and creme fraiche I'm going to make little toasts so I'll I'll cook the I'll, uh, uh, so you're making toast ch- points chicken, chicken make-
0: leg gar garbanzo
1: garbanzo <laughs> <laughs> Garbanzo bean. Did I say garbinzo?
0: <laughs> and and uh, slab bacon's too.
1: Oh, you know it. And then what's going to happen is then the trout's going to go uh, as its own course. We're just going to eat the trout along the trail. It's going to be so. Just great. like a handful of trout. Yeah, yeah. And then, actually, the chive creme fraiche would be really good with the trout. So maybe that's what I'll do with the chive creme fraiche. I was going to put it on the
0: messy in your hand.
1: On the yeah, I was going to put it on the on the um, rye bread toast. I'll just make toast with the rye bread. And maybe we will put some chive crème fraîche on there. I used everything. Why don't you just
0: flake the trout onto oh, the... Oh,
1: local leaf lettuce. I'll just make little a little toast. salad with that. Actually, it might be fun to just put the local leaf lettuce with the trout.
0: Yeah. On the trail, you could build a little fire. Exactly. And smoke the trout and flake <laughs> it into the salad. Making croutons <laughs> with the rye bread. There we go. And you have a pocket full of salad.
1: Et voila. Good challenge. Thanks, Tony.
0: Well, I think that's all that we have time for. <laughs> that's... For Cindy Wolf's trail challenge. <laughs> Lobster on the trail. That's okay. <laughs> nice. Nice. The uh, very practical. Uh, uh, the moi. Uh, Yeah. Christian Louboutin making your hiking shoes, oh, right?
1: Oh, quiet. <laughs> right. Well,
0: thanks for listening to this week's installment of Foreman Wolf on Food and Wine. Again, you can reach us via email, ForemanWolf at org. If you want to listen to this or any other episodes... Please go to the Former Wolf page on the wypr.org site. If you want to follow Chef Cindy Wolf on social media.
1: On Twitter, you can follow me as Chef Cindy Wolf, and on Instagram as Chef Wolf.
0: For me, it's the real Tony Foreman at Instagram. Thanks very much for listening.
1: And happy Sunday.